Let's get going. Okay. Hey, witches. Hey, witches. It's been a while. I'm back, people. We missed you. My mental health is a bit better right now. Still working on it, though. Always a work in progress. Well, we missed you for the craft episode, and Echo was hoping that on a future episode, he'll get to meet you as well. Oh, I'm sure he will. Um, but I didn't save all the craft stuff um, for him because I found out some fun facts later that I thought you might find interesting. Hit me with them. Um, okay, so you know the climax scene where she's having the hallucination when um, Nancy is like attacking her and everything, Sarah in her house and she's in the house and there's that big zoom out and there's all these snakes and rats and bugs uh is that towards the end Mm -hmm. yeah then yes i vaguely remember there were two thousand snakes used in that real snakes used in that scene i have nothing against snakes but why did they do that I don't know. And I couldn't find anything about like whether or not any animals were harmed in the making of that movie. But all the bugs and the snakes and the rats that were in the movie were real with the exception of one cockroach that fell on Nancy's face. What were their names? Bonnie and Nancy and... Bonnie, Nancy, Sarah, and Rochelle. I think that's her name. Um, So we were talking, me and you were talking about how like it wasn't really an r-rating movie like it's not absolutely not yeah um so i found a couple different reasons why um because their movie was originally supposed to be rated pg-13 that's why they only let them say fuck once but um it was either because suicide wasn't talked a lot about back in the 90s and the fact that they talked about it compared like in addition to the self-harm visuals might have been why they got it or um anything having to do with witchcraft automatically was given an r rating that's nice of them yeah it's one of those and i'm not sure which one but otherwise definitely not an r-rated movie by my standards definitely would not consider it to be r-rated it pissed you off when what happened oh when they did those animal sacrifices on the beach the clownfish and the bird and yeah one last fun fact about the craft i noticed that the theme song for charmed which i know you haven't seen right correct the theme song for charmed is in the craft i was like oh that's fun it's called how soon is now by love spit love and um i thought that was weird so i looked it up and the writer-director Andrew Fleming said that Charmed is a ripoff of the craft because he brought a pilot to Fox and also Warner Brothers that was based off the craft and they didn't pick up the pilot. But then a year later, Charmed was released. Okay. So, and they still used the same song. So okay yeah so that's some drama but anyways for an allergy test for ziggy 
to see if I can figure out what his allergies are. I put him on a new allergy, not medication, but supplement, and his right arm completely just in hives. And he has he's been scratching his ears and he's struggling. I hope they test for human dander because I need to know if he's allergic to me. I've never heard of a dog being allergic to human dander. That's kind of a problem. It is a thing that I do not want to be real. And this is only a food intolerance test. I'm going to have to do some intensive research. Hello, dear listeners. If you have any (laughs) suggestion for allergy testing for dogs, please reach out because I need help. Yes, if you are a dog owner and know anything about testing for allergies, please let us know. We care very much about Ziggy. And we do not want him to have hives. He's a baby. And mm-hmm. we wish for him to be a baby without hives, preferably. So, Harry Potter. <laughs> we're here to talk about Harry Potter today. And um, it's such a long-standing franchise. We're not going to talk about every single movie because, like, we have different things to do. And th- there's just, we're going to talk about the storytelling and the witchcraft. And we're probably not even going to touch on everything because... there's a lot there's a lot and um before we get too much into it um i think we need to go over how each of us got into harry potter i want to do that as well yeah you want to go first yes so i was about seven years old and i was visiting my aunt out in colorado and she was like we're gonna watch a movie and i was like okay and it was me and my mom and my dad my brother and my aunt and my grandfather and my aunt was like we're gonna watch a movie now you have to keep an open mind and you have to watch it and I was like okay and then she turned on Harry Potter and I was like I don't want to watch this because I was a seven-year-old and had no interest in Harry Potter and then she was like, be quiet and watch it. And I sat on one of my parents' laps and they were like, shut up and watch it. And the only part that I distinctively remember watching was the scene in the Forbidden Forest. And it spooked me as a seven-year-old. Um, but I ended up liking it because they knew I would because they're not dull and so my dad started reading us the books and that's how I got into Harry Potter that's so cute I love that do you have any other like bits of personal history with Harry Potter and also what is your Hogwarts house I know but like tell the people I'm a Hufflepuff I remember before we went to go see, I think, the third movie, well, I we went to see it with my neighbors, and one of my parents, I believe, sat me down, <laughs> and I don't remember what exactly they said, because they either said, 
I need you to know before you watch this that demons, and then the next word or two words, I do not remember which one it was. They either said are, or they said are not, and then they said real. <laughs> uh. And they were like, and I need you to keep that in mind. So whichever one they said, whether they said they are or they are not real, um, and I need to keep that in mind, I listen, I don't remember, but it, it goes both ways. Like demons are real. You need to keep that in mind. Demons are not real. You need to keep that in mind while watching this movie. Like, so I don't know which one it was, but we saw the movie. There were absolutely no demons in it. The third one. So it's Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets. And then Prisoner of Azkaban. Prisoner of Azkaban. That's when the Dementors are in it. So There's maybe that's. Dementors. Yeah, maybe that's they what they were talking demons. about. Right. But I remember the first time I saw the Dementors, I thought they were pretty scary. <laughs> so maybe that's what they were talking about. Also, I just need to say the third is my favorite because there's no Voldemort. Fuck that bitch Voldemort. Voldemort kind of sounds like Bulbasaur. It does a little bit. For my history with Harry Potter, um, I was extremely attached to it because um, I remember in kindergarten vaguely or maybe it was first grade, our teacher was reading the books to us, but that's kind of the extent of like that area of my life and Harry Potter. And then later in life, um, I remember my uncle put on a movie um, while I had already started reading the books in junior high because um, I kind of got late to the game compared to everyone else. Um, I think that might have had something to do with my upbringing re-Christianity. I'm not entirely sure. Grandma who is mega Christian and what was that show she watched? The Sopranos or something? The Sopranos, which I'm watching now, and it's really good, which actually. Is, by the way, for everybody who's listening, not a sitcom. The Sopranos is not a sitcom. I thought it was a sitcom. And the first movie I remember seeing was um, when my uncle put on... It must have been Prisoners of Azkaban or... Was he talking about demons too? No, I just remember seeing the Dementors and thought that was pretty fucky, because like I, well, I hadn't seen any. I hadn't, um, and more of the movies had come out at this point past Prisoner of Azkaban, but that was the first time I had seen any, and right. they kind of freaked me out. So I was like, maybe I'll wait a little wait like longer to watch the movies. Um, and the first movie I saw in theaters was Half Blood Prince. Also, I'm a Slytherin. The first one I saw in theaters was Chamber of Secrets, and I saw it twice, okay? I saw it first with my school, and I saw it second with my grandmother on my mother's side. Donna is her name. Mm -hmm. Just bless her soul. Bless her dang soul. We saw it, me and my brother went to see it in third grade. And there's the part at the end with the basilisk, the snake, yeah. a snake, if you will. And there's the part when it like right at the screen. Okay. We did not tell her about this because we know she hates snakes. 
let me tell you, when that woman jumped out of her seat with me on one side and my brother on the other side, we lost our damn minds as tiny little eight-year-olds. Oh. We were giggling our asses off in that movie theater. And she goes, did you know that was going to happen? And we were like, mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's mean because I think it's really funny, but we were little shits. Yeah. Baby Kaya, like, with a shitty grin after your grandma's scared half to death. Yeah. Yeah, Harry Potter was definitely one of the pieces of media I used for escapism, and it has a special place in my heart, um, which was darkened for a while thanks to Jackass Rolling. Is it Rolling or Rowling? I've heard Rolling, like Rolling Pin. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, like seeing harry potter stuff like bummed me out for a very long time after she started being outwardly like atrocious but like re-watching the movies for this podcast like i still get a lot of feelings like when certain things happened in the movies and um i started oh, rereading yeah. one of the books like, I cry at the end of the seventh, the second movie every single time when Hagrid comes back and they all clap for him and applaud him, yes. and freaking Jenny's like clapping like all like, and then you got a tear rolling down Hermione's face. Oh yes. my god! And okay. then Harry's the first. Oh my. So I, in addition to rewatching the movies, I was also I have the box set of the, of the books right and um I started rereading Sorcerer's Stone and I saw these little flags in there and I was like what are these for and then I remembered something I the hill that I will die on for Harry Potter why the fuck would Harry name his kid after Severus Snape when Hagrid Rubius Hagrid was right there I unfortunately do not have an answer for you because Snape was a jackass throughout the entire series until right before he died. And Hagrid was there for him the whole time. And that's what the flags were for. I was flagging every time that Hagrid did something to help out Harry or was like a good father figure and every time Snape did something that was helpful to Harry or being a good father figure um I will name my daughter Ruby after Hagrid because Harry did not do it (laughs) Hagrid deserved that he does he does like I just also, rest in peace, Robbie Coltrane. Um, I know it was like three or four months ago now, but I'm still sad. I I forget which ones of them have passed. All I know is, um, I checked actually recently. I mean, the only ones I know for sure that have passed are Robbie Coltrane and Alan Rickman. Um, Professor uh, McGonagall is still alive. So, woman who played Narcissa uh, Malfoy had passed on. Oh, really? Uh, mm-hmm. And then Barty Crouch, 
his actor had passed on mm. and there's there's a couple of them that have passed on yeah obviously robbie no the first dumbledore oh i i don't know uh, yeah the first dumbledore obviously passed away hence the first dumbledore, dumbledore. yeah um Michael Gammon was the second. He's still kicking. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Vernon Dursley's character actor passed on. Damn. He his name escapes me. Um, Richard Griffiths. Richard Harris is the first Dumbledore. And fun fact about him. Um, he originally was not planning on taking the role of Dumbledore, but his granddaughter said that she would never speak to him again if he didn't take the role. Um, and also, he was a little shit because when he was being taken out of the hospital or out to the hospital um, on, right before he passed away, they took him out on a stretcher from a restaurant um, because he was having a heart attack or something. And he yelled out to the other restaurant goers, um, it was the food. Um, it was not the food. He knew it was not the food. Yeah. He decided to fuck around. Yeah, that's kind of... Um... At least, I'm pretty sure that that's... that's I'm 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 like ninety percent sure that that's fact, that that happened. I'm sniffly today. Me too. I'm sniffling all day. Better not be COVID. Don't don't even bring it up. <laughs> I if it becomes COVID, I'll be like so Did sad. You Did you have it yet? Yeah, I had it. I had it during any wedding that I was supposed to be in back oh. in january of last year shit yeah that blows yeah it sucked so fucking i don't know guys wear your masks don't um you know wash your fucking hands get tested your friend offers you a drink when you're no. yeah try not to share drinks <laughs> even though i definitely share drinks with at least two people we went to um, a party. Yeah, that was very irresponsible of me. Happy birthday, Alyssa. It's your birthday. Happy birthday, Alyssa. <laughs> welcome to the group, Brenna, who's our first patron. Yes, um, welcome. What's her name? Brenna? Yeah, Brenna. She has on um Patreon, her name is Little Raven. So Yes, which um, by the way, if you support fiber artists who art using fiber her instagram is little raven fiber arts um and she's very talented has been crocheting since she was seven um and maybe i'm remembering things wrong because that tends to happen to me um i believe somebody of notable worth has purchased some of her things Ooh. but she's very creative very fun um genuinely good around good good around person and if you would like to support more people go ahead and give her a follow on 
the Graham town. Thank you, Brenna. We appreciate you. And um, hey, you could get a little shout out too when you become a patron for just $2 a month. There you go. There's a little Patreon plug. I wish there was like a, a, a short name for Patreon. Pate plug, but that sounds stupid. Patey plug. So we've been recording for a hot minute now, so I'm just going to say this and get it out of the way. Um, <clears throat> I looked up <laughs> um, laws about slander and stuff, so I won't get in trouble for saying this. Um, personally, from me, Kyla Gray, um, fuck J.K. Rowling. I, I don't want to speak for both of us, although no, I feel that... Okay, we do not endorse any of her dog shit opinions, and I encourage you to avoid giving her any royalties or money of any kind. Um, Honestly, it's going to kill me to not get the Hogwarts Legacy game that's coming out in a couple of weeks, because I really do not support her, but I really want to experience a new game on the Switch, but I really can't support her. So, like, if that gives you detail about like my feelings right yeah and like there's not much to say about how shitty is shitty she is except for that she's a vile transphobe and she needs therapy and like there's a lot of other flaws about her but like this is not that kind of podcast there are so many podcasts and videos on the internet talking about how shitty she is and why she's a jerk and all of her jackassery so, like, I'm sure you won't have trouble finding them if that's what you want to learn about. Today, we're talking about just, like, the content of Harry Potter separately. Correct. Um, and also, Harry Potter, the reason we're covering it is because not only is it a big part of our childhoods, but it's one of the biggest franchises in the world to do with witchcraft. So. Correct. And I'd like to think, personally, I, I'd like to think that it took away a bit of stigma around magic and witchcraft because of how big it got because of how after parents who were leery about having their kids watch it watched it and saw oh that's not really that big of a deal I think because of audience reception that it took away a bit of a stigma I think it definitely could have if I had been older around the time like that it came out I feel like I'd have more to say about it or like known less biased people, less biased people who were adults when it came out. Mm -hmm. I would be able to like say more about that, but I just, every adult that I know is biased one way or the other um, about the, that topic already when Harry Potter had already come out. So, but I would like to think that it helped and I know that for sure Harry Potter definitely awakened little witchlings like little pagan oh. future pagan future witches Absolutely. for sure it if so at the minimum it gave people an interest in magic and fantasy mm. at the bare minimum it did much more than that for so many people yeah like it's it provided a safe place in reading 
and submerging yourself into a story. It provided people to learn about friendship and love and how your blood family is not where the family line ends and how people who you spend every day with and people who you spend time connecting with and communicating with can be considered family. It, it showed that home isn't necessarily your um, house address, but home can be people and home can be school or if you really love work that much, home can be work. And it just, I think it really went above and beyond in showing people that family, while for a lot of people is does mean a lot, but family is not everything. And I think a lot of kids growing up probably needed to hear that. Yeah, I was definitely one of those kids. And, like, this is why the whole stuff with JK was so devastating to me, because, like, that series means so much. Yeah. And she just really, truly has no grasp on the impact she's having. I don't... Well, if she does, then she's, like, pure evil. Like, unsalvageable. Right. But... Um, There's... Like, I mentioned before, like, I started reading it when I was, like, seven. Like, I was in elementary school. It it helped form me into the person who I am today. And I love this series so, so much. And there's so many people who want to separate the art from the artist. And there's so many people who just cannot get behind it no matter what. And the thing is... In my personal opinion, I hope that people can still acknowledge what they gained from it while still saying, I used to love this person as an author, but this person has really done a lot of people wrong and I can't support that anymore. However, what it taught me growing up was this, 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 and this, and I will always have that and I will always remember that, but it just goes to show that people change and people grow and can first off take responsibility for their actions and their thoughts and separate and acknowledge and appreciate that just because something or the scope of something has changed doesn't mean that you need to completely remove it from your life, cold turkey, goodbye, all ties cut, not happening anymore. Because like with me, like I still read the books. I still watch the movies. I watch my DVD copies of them because I won't watch them on HBO Max because that means she gets literal fractions of pennies every time it gets streamed. And so I still am able to enjoy it and love it but I enjoy it and love it within my own boundaries. I think for me, at first, when like she just kept getting more and more awful, I couldn't, 
like every time I looked at something Harry Potter related, it just made me feel deeply sad. You you can't separate the art from the artist while the artist is still making money off of the art. Um, is my opinion on it. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that, and Kaya is way more eloquently spoken than me, so I'm just gonna keep it short. Um, Harry Potter, <laughs> Harry Potter is so meaningful to me and so many other people that like you can like I said like consume the media without giving her any money like I have the DVD set I have the books like box set um and if you don't have those things and you don't want to buy them because you don't want to give her money well y'all are and you can by fan-made merchandise you Mm -hmm. there's so many different ways that you can consume and love and appreciate the series without giving her money yeah she tweeted something a couple months ago someone tweeted something along the lines of like how do you sleep at night knowing you've lost a whole audience from buying your books and she quote tweeted it and she said I read my most recent royalty checks and find the pain goes away pretty quickly which gives me all the more reason not to give her money that's 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 distasteful truly but let's that is mega cringe yeah it's very um um, I don't have the words (laughs) like it's very it's very evident from that tweet how like unself-aware she is of like what an ass she's being all the time but I digress let's talk about some like happier things Harry Potter does have flaws okay but we're not going to talk about those too much so we're here to have fun okay can we talk about the one flaw that eats at my mind at 3 a.m when I'm trying to go to sleep and that flaw is when Lavender Brown became a prominent character (laughs) they changed her actor in the films I didn't notice that ah yes so Lavender Brown was originally uncredited um in the but she was played by a black woman oh christ and they cast um jesse whose name escapes me as lavender brown when the sixth movie rolled around and she became a prominent character and i think that's the biggest flaw in harry potter and Uh, if if there's any chance that you're listening and haven't seen um the person they recast her as is not black she's she's white they recast a black actress as white she's incredibly white <laughs> the fact that there are not a lot of students at hogwarts that are black or literally any other race other um, than white yeah other than white um this is something that i've been thinking about for years um, how come Harry's the only student with glasses? I understand that that's not really a race <laughs> issue, but like ableism, maybe. That is 
something I've never noticed. Like ableism at the least, because I'm sorry, what? Like, well, every single person okay. I work with has glasses. I think this is that <laughs> the glasses thing. I think that's a matter of casting and wardrobe because most kid actors don't have glasses. And right. Right. Wardrobe but, could have put glasses on them, but chose not to. But J.K. Rowling was probably like, it's not necessary. I don't think, I don't know if they, she probably didn't even think about it. Like, she didn't request glasses be put on. I don't know. That's Listen, something I never noticed. That's something else that's been sitting in my mind for years. Like, it just, it doesn't go away. Like, I turn on the movies and I'm like, oh, Percy's graduated from Hogwarts. Oh, check that out boy has glasses now what's up with that like is harry literally the only person in hogwarts to have glasses and then as soon as they get out of hogwarts like glasses become necessary or something like i don't <laughs> what whatever fucking whatever whatever i just remember you mentioned your favorite movie was um the third one prisoner of azkaban um is your favorite movie different from your favorite book because that's the case for me no, I knew, I knew when I was reading it that it would be my favorite book because there is this part towards the very end and it's like if you've ever read the book Holes, every single loose end becomes tied back together again. Every single one of them. Every plot hole becomes full, filled in. Like... You dig them plot holes, mm -mm, you got to go fill them back in. And that's what they did. And I lost my mind as I was reading this part at the bus stop on my way to middle school class, whatever fucking class it was, losing my mind about how everything was stringing together. And I had to go back and read it when I was back on the bus because I could, like, I lost my literal <laughs> mind like I can't even express like I, like <sighs> like okay for for those of you who don't know I wasn't gonna I was originally gonna do this podcast by myself but I was gonna have guests and Kaya you were like always gonna be the Harry Potter guests and that's it's because of this right here like what's happening right now I just I lost my mind reading that fucking book the shrieking shack oh my god <laughs> everything effortlessly seamlessly together like a seamless pair of women's underwear <laughs> incredible it was really good are you lost in thought right now i just that one in holes by lewis saker sacker the way everything comes together at the end and look, don't get me wrong, in Holes, they do a really good job in the movie tying it all together. But in the book, there's so many details that are not there. And God damn, <laughs> he tied it together nicely. Like, listen, my copy of Holes is missing the cover and the first nine pages because I stole it from school. I, I'm, a, I'm a book thief, okay? That book also effortlessly ties everything together incredibly well just mind-blowing connections 
So if you're looking for a children's chapter book to read, that's the one to do. And obviously Harry Potter, but only if it's like a library copy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can also rent the books duh, from the library. Um, Holes has been on my list for a long time, but I love the movie. So that's why it's been on my list for so long. It's so good. There's a couple things that I wrote down some facts about and we'll get to them when we get to them um I wanted to write down more things but there's just some things I noticed in the movies like snakes around a lot because you know Slytherin and snakes and Parseltongue and then I also wrote down some things about shrunken heads because there's shrunken heads on the night bus and by the I when you had mentioned that I was very interesting to see interested to see where you'd be going with it because I don't know a lot about trunken heads and Um, I didn't either so that's really didn't know they had anything to do with witchcraft so I was like okay all right I'm 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 about to learn well I the well I didn't know if they had to do with witchcraft so that's I didn't really know anything about trunken heads and I just thought it was I was like this could be appropriative what she's doing (laughs) Um, and I just, but I also didn't know anything about them. So I decided to do just the tiniest bit of research and I found out some things and I can tell you now if you want. Yes. Okay. So shrunken heads, um, are also known as, I think I'm saying this right. Sansas. Jivroan Indians would fight over land and resources And then when defeated in combat, the loser would be decapitated and the victor would take the head back to their tribe to be turned into a shrunken head or a Sansa. Um, And they did this because um, they believe that by shrinking the head, you gain the soul of the person whose head it was. And um, they would wear the shrunken heads around their waist to show off their skills in combat they displayed them to scare off their enemies and they also use them in like ceremonial rituals i knew some of that information um and i knew i know that the heads are usually filled with i believe sand if i'm not mistaken um, and I knew that they wore them as a symbol of status um, in a way. So combat skills, yes. I didn't I, write anything about how they were made. Um, I, there was a few. They hmm? heat the skin to make it leathery. Um, now, this is all information that I got from Ripley's Believe It or Not in Wisconsin Dells. I thought you said eat the skin, and I was like, oh, no, 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 I no, no, don't no, think no, I no. saw that anywhere. No, heat like over a flame. Yeah, they boil the head. Yeah, I recall that part. Um, yeah. But I, I don't remember a lot of details, but um, like I said, the details that I do have are from Ripley's Believe It or Not in Wisconsin Dells. So if you got beef with that, you got to have beef with them too. <laughs> Their phone number will be in the show notes. <laughs> the thing I was trying to find was um, the, again, I'm not sure if I'm saying this right, Shuar, which are one of the tribes. Um, they believe the existence of three fundamental spirits. Um, and one of them was innate to humans, thus surviving their death. 
one of them was translated to literally vision or power, and it protects humans from a violent death. And the last one is a vengeful spirit, which surfaces when a person carrying um, the previous spirit is murdered. So the other like sub point of shrunking heads is to keep the vengeful spirit from using its powers. So, oh, or they could just not hold on to the vengeful spirit, or they could just not murder. But you know, that's a different conversation because. That's just how things were sorted out back then. Is I was listening to the Morbid podcast the other day, the Bog Bodies episode. I was listening to this after I was having thoughts about human history and prehistory, because my mind gets like this sometimes. And I was wondering, like, at what point did humans realize they could end the life of another human or living being? And, like, at what point did humans become so vile that they deemed it necessary to end the lives of other human beings? I can understand animals for food. And I'm sure that there were plenty of people in history, plenty of societies in history that participated in cannibalism for food. Um, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure. But it made me wonder at what point in human nature in human history and prehistory did people begin killing other humans but then they were talking about the bog bodies and they were like well these people died violent torturous deaths and one of them is from like 8000 bce which is 10,000 years ago and obviously more than 10,000 years ago people were killing killing each other off so right and I don't think we're ever going to have uh, like a true answer unless you're a creationist and you subscribe to Cain and Abel. That's not a podcast. No, no, it's not a podcast. <laughs> don't subscribe to Cain and Abel. Don't subscribe to Cain and Abel, the story of Cain and Abel. That's a bad subscription. Not worth the money. The other thing I wrote down stuff about... um. Besides, you know what? probably freaking is Cain and Abel. Don't if you're it. a creationist, like well, who even knows if they existed? Isn't there some some kind of like I don't know things about religion, and isn't there some like iota of truth to the Bible? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there is. Um, but Cain Did and somebody- Abel just decide to write a story and it got wildly popular and they're not even getting credit for it because their name's not on it is it a Um, collection of short stories like what are we talking here there is i there is some iota of truth to the bible i'm not an expert so i can't speak on it but like a lot of the events that happened in the bible did really happen as far as like the historic stuff goes especially like around the time that they're like in egypt theology experts need to hit me up cain and abel are just a myth as far as i know but yeah if you are like a bible expert like not even just theology like specifically the bible 
Yeah. I would love to hear more about that. Um, from an unbiased point of view. Listen, I didn't even know until a couple weeks ago that the Bible is strictly for Christianity. Like mm-hmm. I thought, like, and I know there's plenty of other branches of Christianity because you've got like Lutherans and Catholics and the other ones more and more mm-hmm. I did not even realize that the Bible is strictly Christian the more you know what did you think it was otherwise I thought that there were probably other religions that followed the Bible oh okay Judaism they use the Torah they use the Torah yeah but I wasn't sure if they used the Bible as well no because they well this isn't why they don't <laughs> this isn't why they use the Torah but the one thing in my brain that I automatically go to is, well, they didn't believe Jesus was the son of God. And the Bible is very much Jesus is the son of God. So, so that's what it is. All right. Listen, theology experts, <laughs> because I don't know shit. And again, I am going to state once more, I do not speak for people who are Jewish, people who are Christian. I don't know dick about shit okay um for kyla and kyla only and sometimes exactly (laughs) sometimes very rarely also kaya (laughs) um the other thing i took notes about um and it's actually something i wanted to learn about um anyways was tassimancy but before we talk about tassimancy i would like to talk about professor trelawney now, I always thought it was Trelawney, but Could be. Tony says it the way that you do. That might be it's how open. they say it in the movies. I'm sure it's open to interpretation. I am Professor Trelawney. Okay. Is this because of fortune telling? Yeah, I'm ha- I'm joking mostly, um, but I do really want to be here for Halloween some year. I encourage it. She is the divination professor and she um oh yeah one more thing the third movie um since we keep coming back to the third movie that's when they start taking divination the third movie is where like shit starts getting scary in the movies listen when she had that moment of Mm -hmm. that like when the future was talking through her and she grabbed harry by the shoulders like listen i turn away and i mute that (laughs) really still the heebie jeebies and it used to not but it does today and i also (laughs) mute it and turn away when he's transforming into a werewolf that's exactly okay so we got the dementors we got professor trelawney doing her weird like scary prophetizing and then her, we like, also have voice like her yeah <laughs> voice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then we also have Remus transforming into a werewolf which, which is not only like it looks very painful but he also looks so fucking scary it's traumatizing a little bit yeah so we got three scary things in that movie and that's when things start to get scary and it just gets like progressively a little more scary every movie (laughs) yeah 
I'd say so the sixth one is pretty not scary, except for the part at the end when they're in the cave and the Inverry um, grab Harry's hand and they start attacking him and Dumbledore and Dumbledore gets out of his trance and is just like, the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> um, that part's that part's fucking me. Yeah, that's the last movie I watched in my marathon for the podcast. I didn't make it to the Deathly Hallows. Well, no, that's not true. I watched the first one, the first part of Deathly Hallows. Um, and the Half Blood Prince is my favorite movie. I used to think it was Sorcerer's Stone, but every time I go to put on a Harry Potter movie, it's always Half Blood Prince, and I don't know why. I must really like it though. It's got a lot of really funny parts. Like that is probably my second favorite. First, second, third, and sixth are my top four. The rest of them are bottom four. My favorite book is Goblet of Fire. I loved reading that so much. But yeah, Professor Trelawney. You know what? The whole reason I wrote this down, I wanted to see what a wolf really means in Tassimancy, which is reading tea leaves. And I didn't look it up. I looked up a bunch of other things. Um, Ron sees a plus sign and a sun. And what he says to Harry was, um, you're going you're gonna to be, yeah. You're going to be happy about it. Yeah, you're going to suffer, but you're going to be happy about it. He was and, mega confused about it. And I'm also confused because how did he see that out of the grim? I mean, he could just be really bad at, at tea leaves i don't know listen there is a very good chance a very very good chance that because hogwarts didn't let any other students wear glasses except for harry because he was the golden child that ron's eyesight was incredibly terrible so he saw it was so bad that instead of the wolf which was a huge chunk of leaves he saw a cross and the sun mm-hmm Okay, I'll take that because I don't have any other explanation of why or how he saw those symbols out of that big-ass grim blob. Like, they didn't even put, like, when I when they show the shot of the cup, they didn't even put, like, a cross and a sun, like, on the side. It's just the, the wolf. There's, there's um, one other theory that I have that I don't want to say aloud because I don't want it to be true. Because I want it to be true that Ron's eyesight really is awful. Really quickly, tassomancy or tassography is the divinatory art or practice of reading tea leaves. And the difference between the two, which I didn't know this until today, was that tassomancy is just like tea leaf reading. Tassography uses cups that are like printed, like with specific symbols. Um, like if you look up tea leaf reading cup on Amazon, like that's a tassography cup. Whereas tassomancy, you can do in any old cup. Tassography, you need like a special printed cup. That sounds like some Hallmark holiday bullshit. <laughs> well, I don't know. It looks kind of fun, but I would rather just do like plain cup tassomancy like, personally. You can read tea leaves, but you have to buy the special cup first. I mean, some of the special cups are pretty cute. I'm not going to lie to you, but... I can do without them. Tassomancy is closely related to the Romani folks, just like tarot is closely related to the Romani. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and tea reading is not a closed practice, but it's traditional to ask a Romani elder for permission as a sign of respect. Okay. There's also coffee fortune telling, which my Turkish friend Idil told me about. And it's a primarily Turkish practice, so it makes sense that she told me about it. Um, and it first appeared in the 1500s Ottoman palaces. And um, it's similar but different. I feel like the answers you get from coffee reading are a little more less open to interpretation, I guess, than tea leaf readings are. Personally, I would rather learn to do tea leaf readings. Okay, so big question. Mm-hmm. Um, tea leaf readings mm-hmm. how when you drink tea it's in a, a infuser of some sort not when you do this are you supposed to drink it yeah not i know tea. i don't i don't know yeah I, yeah uh, you are would you risk getting tea leaves in your esophagus you're supposed to sip it slowly and i think maybe that's how you avoid getting the tea leaves in your mouth i would have to i need to do more research because surely someone i read three or four different articles not no sorry five or six different articles not one of them was like hey here's how you drink the loose leaf tea without getting any of the leaves in your mouth (laughs) i see the only thing i can think right now which is incredibly absurd is um a straw with a filter on it (laughs) um and i don't think that's the answer yeah i don't think so either um especially considering this has been around since before straws or filters or filters (laughs) um but it turns out like tassimensi is like way more complicated than i thought it was like when you are drinking like after you're done drinking it um i know that you're supposed to like after there's a tablespoon of tea left you're supposed to swirl it around and then put it upside down on the saucer and then when you lift it back up you have to put the handle facing southward because that's the representation of the querent or the person who's asking the question and then also the cup is divided into three sections the rim is the present the sides are the near future and the bottom is the far future it can also gauge connection and intensity as well as you're sipping are you supposed to rotate the cup no you just drink like you would normally drink so so you drink and drink and drink and then and when there's one tablespoon of tea left take your left hand and you swish it around three times left to right so clockwise and then you slowly pour it like put it upside down on a saucer and just to drain the remaining liquid and then you turn it three times clockwise and then when you lift it back up you make sure that the handle is facing southward so one time I got a Harry Potter mug from this bitch that I don't talk to anymore. And I still drink tea out of the cup because it's a Hufflepuff mug. Um, but one time I drank tea out of it and the image in the tea looked like 
<laughs> Appa from Avatar The Last Airbender. Like his outline of like his like body and uh, from the side, like his legs. From the side. Hold on, let me okay. see. I know what you mean. <sighs> Did you take a picture? Yes. Okay, good. I wrote down a lot of common symbols. Uh, I didn't write down Appa. Don't okay. know what that means. And you will see this in... Do you see it? Do you see him? <laughs> I see him. I see him. And we will post this. It's going to be on the Instagram. And once I figure out um, how to read tea leaves in a way that doesn't involve us eating the leaves as we drink them, I will read your tea leaves if you want me to. Just- so the whole reason that handle of the teacup needs to do the thing is because it's the energy conduit that connects the physical and abstract realms. And it symbolizes, like I said, it symbolizes the querent and should be positioned due south to signify the querent's current environment because the locations on the cup also have to do with the querent's environment. Like tea leaves near the handle suggest events relating to the querent's immediate surroundings, whereas leaves directly across the handle due north symbolize external issues and outside influences do you have to drink from a specific kind of cup does it have to be a teacup or can it be a coffee mug did they specify this i think it can be i mean i'm sure like traditionalists will probably want you to drink from a teacup but i think you can do it from any kind of cup or mug or sorry teak like like not obviously not like a 20 ounce cup don't do that um but like a teacup or a mug pale colored mug i think would do the job those are all the things i i want also wanted to research like wolf symbolism and crystal gazing and andrew brought up a very important point to me which was the owl mail delivery system mm-hmm. they did not pick the fastest bird to deliver their mail and we also wondered why they couldn't just operate their mail or use like have like a port key mailbox system for every house. Um, because we were like we were talking about it and we're like, surely there had to be a better solution than owls. But then we we're like, she probably just wanted to use owls because it's aesthetic. So yeah, and they are cute. But I was curious. I wanted to find out which is the fastest bird of prey to deliver mail (laughs) and how long pigeon carriers took um but i didn't get to these things you would need a bird that's native to that area that's true that's a good point i wouldn't expect to see flamingos (laughs) right in great britain right right just saying what if she did use flamingos that would be kind of funny. Imagine how many people would see flamingos just flying through there and being like, what the fuck is that bird doing here? That's the number one way to get wizards found out is using flamingos. What did you want to talk about otherwise? Probably spells, potions, broomsticks, and transport. You had mentioned the remember all. Did I say that out loud? Um... I yeah, don't know I know if you said it out loud, but I think I read it in a message, perhaps. Oh, um, yeah, that was one of the first things I wrote down because 
I was thinking about the remember all. Uh, I was talking to Andrew about it. I was like, that is like one of the shittiest wizard inventions. Because, you know, it lights up when you forget something, but it doesn't tell you what you forgot. Literally the irony of it. And so I was like, oh my god, there's probably like a wizard shark tank. (laughs) And that is a wizard shark tank as seen on TV product for sure. Could you imagine? Um, And I also wrote down, remember alls are lame, but I fuck with howlers. Oh god, yeah. I think there's something so metal about a red envelope just screaming at you so loudly that it echoes across the hall and then it rips itself to shreds. Could you imagine just like sending that shit to your friends just for shits and giggles? <laughs> like that's some shit I would do. Like I'd be like, oh, have a fucking um, conversation in a little while. <laughs> I feel like I wrote down one other thing that was like a wizard shark tank product. And I wasn't counting anything that the twins came up with because they're obviously geniuses. I I think that, like, the howlers would be, like, my, you know how I do, like, those random acts of kindness to people and send people, like, random-ass mail? Mm-hmm. It'd be random-ass howler instead. That's, that, that would be, yeah. Oh, transport. Okay, so the flu powder, right? Fuck that, fuck that shit. What do you, do you think it smells like something or do you think it just smells like fire when you use it? I think it probably smells sulfuric. That's what I thought too. The reasoning behind my thought process is non-existent. Same. Then obviously we're right. Clearly. Like I said, I don't know why I think it would smell sulfuric, but I think that it would. Um, you know what? It's probably the color. It's probably the green color. That probably has something to do with it. I want to talk about ships. So let's start with Harry and Ginny. Specifically, no. movie Harry and Ginny. No. I agree. There's no chemistry between those two actors. How did you feel about them in the books? No. No. I, how do you feel about Harry and Hermione? Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Taste. Because, like, the movie thing, like, annoys me because I feel like the thing with movie Harry and movie Ginny was probably a problem of direction. Um, Because, like, there's this part in the fifth movie or the sixth movie or something and um Ginny runs to Harry and gives him a hug and it's so awkward and then immediately after Hermione runs to Harry and gives him a hug and it's like fucking night and day how do you feel about Ron and Hermione no no you don't even like it a little bit (sighs) wow controversial why I don't feel that he values her Mm. enough and her traits and her attributes. Hermione and Draco. No. Do you see the appeal of that at all? No. I don't either. If you ship Hermione 
please explain yourself. And I mean that in like a very nice way. I just don't get it. Here we go. Harry and Hermione. Yes. Harry and Cho. Hermione and Neville. Maybe. Hermione and Ron. No. Hermione and that guy that she dated in the sixth movie at the slug party. No. Neville and Luna. Yes. Ron and Luna. Possibly. What? Possibly. 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 Ginny and Neville. Sure. Ron and Lavender. Yes. If they get their fucking toxicity taken care of. You're leaving one very popular ship out, though. Although I already, I feel like I already know how you feel about it. Drapple? Huh? Drapple? Who's Dra- Draco and Draco and the apple Draco and the- Apple? Who's yes, huh? the apple in the cabinet? <laughs> no, no, Harry and Draco. Oh no, it's very popular, and I could see them becoming like acquaintances after Hogwarts. I see the appeal of it again after hogwarts the whole like enemies to friends to lovers thing i get it but because we don't see them after hogwarts there's no there's no fuel for that fire i don't if i don't get it talking same sex ships i could see hermione and jenny yes i could see probably luna with jenny or hermione i could see that being like a thruple yeah i don't see why not well i don't know i feel like jenny like book jenny movie i'm gonna say something harsh here movie jenny and this is not a dig on the actress because i firmly believe that this is a direction problem movie jenny is boring as shit yeah but in the book she's so like fiery and fun and in the movie, she's just not. So, like, if we're talking book characters, I feel like Ginny would, like, not really be into Luna. Oh, and everyone ships um, oh, Remus and Sirius. People do ship Remus and Sirius, and I don't know how I feel about it. That's another thing where, like, I get the appeal, but, like, no. I just feel like there's not enough fuel for the fire for me to get it. And, like, I know that's, like, the whole point of fan fiction is that you're making the fuel for the fire, but, like, I need more content from the original source to back up my ship. Because I like being right. Um, Like, how I'm right with Harry and Hermione. <laughs> like, it's very evident multiple times throughout the series that they should be together, but they just don't end up being together. There's There's a lot of characters based on personality that I could see with characters that they did not end up with um I have a fun fact that I feel like you might already know because you're such a big Harry Potter fan um you know in Chamber of Secrets when Harry and Ron are just um disguised as Crab and Goyle Mm -hmm. and Harry is still wearing his glasses Mm -hmm. and Draco says to Crab or Harry, 
like what are you doing wearing those and he takes them off really quickly and he's like oh i was just reading and draco says i didn't know you could read that line was improvised i didn't know that i really wonder how much improvising they did you know what when um isaac jason isaacs um was doing shots with um the not yet there dobby which i thought was pronounced doby for years (laughs) um he like because he wasn't actually there because he's cgi but he would like whip his leg around a little bit and they'd be like cut 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 what the hell are you doing with your leg and he'd be like i'm kicking him jason isaacs is the one who plays lucius right yes yes that's so fucking funny (laughs) what do you mean you're kicking him (laughs) what are you doing i'm kicking him fucking obviously (laughs) I'll have to uh, find the YouTube video with that, like, behind-the-scenes clip. Every time I get my hair bleached, I always, without fail, like, send a snap to somebody with the caption, Draco Malfoy-looking motherfucker or something. I'm sure I've sent one to you at least once. One of my biggest gripes with the franchise why didn't they give Daniel Radcliffe green contacts? Uh, he was allergic to them. Well, I looked it up. And, well, I didn't find that, which is interesting to know. Um, but apparently when J.K. Rowling specified, like, she specified that Harry's eyes had to match his mother's, but she didn't specify what color they had to be. Which... Only 3% of the population, like the world's population's eyes are green. So fair enough. And the Lily, like the actress's mother has blue eyes. Sorry, the mother actress has blue eyes. So their eyes technically match. But the whole book, they're like, oh, you have your mother's eyes, your mother's eyes, your mother's eyes, your mother's eyes. And I'm like, where are they? But did you see in the flashback scenes in book movie eight when she had brown eyes? And you can remember the memes that they made about it. I don't remember the memes. Oh, they made so many memes about it. You know what I remember from when um, Deathly Hallows Part 1 came out is the scarf Death Eater. You know what I'm talking about? I wrote down his name. Scabior. Ah. You know what I'm talking about? Vaguely. The Death Eater who, like, you know, Hermione charms the forest or whatever, and he, like, finds her scarf tied to a tree. No. He was, like, one of the Snatchers. Ah, okay. Snatcher. Yeah. Everyone thought, sorry, he was, I guess he technically wasn't, he was a Snatcher. Everyone thought he was so sexy and everyone was so thirsty for this man. Sorry, he's what? People thought he was what? Sexy. No. (laughs) 
No, 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 he's not. I mean, I have very particular taste in men, and I can see it, kinda. That you can, I can't. <laughs> um, or shit to me. Something else I noticed in Deathly Hallows Part One, they take two polyjuice potions in that movie. And, do, like, am I crazy or in Chambers of Secrets? Did it not take a month to brew that potion? Totally. And they take two in one movie. I don't know. Andrew suggested that they might have had the base ready already. And then, like, so, like, the long part was over. So, I guess we don't know. But. I mean, sure. Yeah, that's what. I mean, sure. Like, anything can be possible if you just make it up. Everything's possible if you just believe. What would your Immortentia smell like? Earthy with musk and berry. Definitely not vanilla. That is so funny you say that. <laughs> because mine would smell like um like petrichor um old book pages like a library and vanilla bean you know what mine would smell like mod pizza <laughs> god oh man i need to get mod pizza next time i come to visit you wait we have mod pizza here i just had mod last night what else do you want to talk about? You said you want to talk about brooms. What do you want to say about brooms? They use broom for sports. Why? Because broom broom go fast. Broom broom go zoom zoom. Yeah. It's the only mode of transportation that is... It's like they're race cars, you know? Because they don't use cars. That's my only suggestion. Why do they have to travel to school on a train? Good fucking question. I don't know. It must be regional, like, because there's only so many wizard schools, right? So, I mean, Cho, she's, like, Scottish or something. So she has to come from Scotland to London to get on this train. That goes to Scotland. Wait, are you kidding? That's where, like, Hogwarts is located, not the Hogwarts castle. Yes. That's asinine. JK Rowling, what the fuck? Yes. It's located in the Scottish Highlands. But she has, I think she has to go on the train to get there. I'm, well, I mean, has to or should. Because, I mean, Harry and Ron went on a fucking flying car. But they had to follow, like, the train tracks right so i mean i guess if you could find the train tracks like it's a hidden school it, it is maybe that's why she has to go on the train from london to scotland is because like no one's allowed to really know the exact location of the school because you never see any parents at hogwarts either do you um until the eighth movie when they come oh that's because... right reasons but that's special circumstances 
for those of you who haven't read the books or seen the movies i would be surprised if there's anyone who hasn't seen or watched them that is still listening but if you are here you're a real one and i appreciate you no spoilers i sort of wanted to talk about like snakes and how they've been construed as evil over the years but in doing my research it's mostly abrahamic religions that find them evil but yeah Mm. but that's not even like entirely true because even in the bible moses uses a serpent as a symbol of salvation in john 3 14 so like it's not even like a full snakes are evil deal in the bible technically because like sure the bible starts and ends with snakes like presenting as evil but there's still that moment where moses uses it as a symbol of salvation and i feel like that's a pretty big deal because john 316 which is two verses later is like one of the most quoted bible verses in the bible i can tell you what some of the good things they represent if i had a bible that i wrote <laughs> it would represent the circle of life and death because they can make themselves into a circle right well that's not why they represent rebirth and renewal but eggs that certainly can be a reason well they represent rebirth and renewal because of the shedding of their skin okay that's fair that's better than what i came up with um eggs (laughs) in some cultures they represent sexual desire or fertility and i couldn't really find a reason why and in others they represent guardianship because when faced with danger they often opt for fight instead of flight oh boy i am not i i fly the fuck away (laughs) i zoom zoom away from that danger yeah same big same danger zoom zoom bye they can also represent wisdom but i think that has a lot to do with the folklore they're included in where people kind of just decided that snakes are very cunning and smart and wise like this has no basis in their actual nature like the guardianship or the rebirth renewal stuff does so i think snakes are widely misinterpreted or misunderstood my fiance's brother has some snakes and they are just the cutest little ropes they just want a vibe just good boys yeah and that's snakes that's they they really have the cutest faces if you look at them i've never really thought of snakes as being dangerous creatures um like even as a kid do does my unfamiliarity with them make me feel a little bit uncomfortable around them sure um but that is due to here we go ignorance mm-hmm. uh, and i have no reason to be afraid around a snake especially a domesticated one because they will literally do no harm to me because they are just baby noodles 
Yeah, they just little. They don't even have any arms. They couldn't hit you if they wanted to. They couldn't. I mean, like they could bite you, but let's not talk about that. Oh yeah, by the way, tying snakes back to the shrunken heads thing. Oh, sometimes they would take the skull out, like the skin of the. This is gross. Sorry, trigger warning, for grossness. Um, sometimes they would stay, take the skin of the face off of the skull, like the skin of the head, and they would leave the skull for their, for cobras, because a cobra was their, like, deities, the Jivroan Indians, that is. What else do you want to talk about before we... Potions at all? Potions. We talked a little about Polyjuice Potion. What other potions are there? Amortentia. Liquid love. Which is the love potion. Um... I know there's a few that they mention. Felix Felicius. Felicius. That's the liquid look. Mm-hmm. Then they mention <sighs> Draught of the Living Dead. Which I vaguely remember that. I don't remember much about it. Are potions big in modern witchcraft? Um Kind of. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know how big they are. It's mostly like a kitchen witchery thing. So okay. like if I were to make mold wine, when I think potions, my mind immediately goes to alcoholic. But obviously there's non-alcoholic potions you can make. It's just like any other spell work where you take the correspondences of whatever you're putting in it. And um, that's what the spell's for. I really like kitchen witchery because it gives you the challenge of also making your spell taste good. Um, so mold wine, one of the easiest things to make that also just happens to be like a really good spell for prosperity and wealth and like happiness in the home. Prosperity, oh. wealth, health. But in Harry Potter, they don't do spells over the potions, from what I know of. So, to, for these, the potion, like, what I'm talking about, the potion, like, is the spell. Gotcha. Like, if I were to bake a loaf of bread with the intention of that bread having, like, magical properties, like, that would be a spell. Like, the bread would be a spell. Okay. Like... For housewarming, I could make... Mm, for housewarming, I'd want to make something with cilantro in it. I don't know. That's my favorite herb to use, I think, is cilantro. Because it's kind of like a catch-all for all the good things. Cilantro. Mm -hmm. I know some people don't like cilantro, though. Some people have the cilantro yucky gene. Uh, some people have the cilantro yucky gene where it tastes like soap. Yeah not have that gene where it tastes like soap but I do have the cilantro yucky gene but it does not taste like soap to you me. just don't like it <laughs> I just it's it's yucky and I just don't like it if I ever make something for someone first I ask them if it's okay if I'm a little weird weirdo and bring them like something I magicked on and secondly I ask is there anything you're allergic to or is there anything you just plain don't like so I would never bring you anything with cilantro don't worry my list of disliked foods is very long because I'm a picky eater 
Mm. Do you like black licorice? No. Oh, damn it. Do you? I fucking love black licorice. Follow-up question. Mm-hmm. Why? It's good. Have you had real licorice that is black? It tastes like shoe polish. How do you know what shoe polish tastes like? Maybe I've tasted it. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> Maybe you could. <laughs> it's icky. Will you try anything once? I have had it. I have had real black licorice. Okay. Then I, I try specifically where I was when I tasted it. <laughs> if you've had real black licorice, then like there's no convincing you because that shit's fucking delicious. I have a very specific memory of where I was, who I was with when I tasted it. And that's another thing good experience that's another thing i will put in mold wine sometimes so that's a good fucking thing for me to know because i've brought in you sangria before yeah. um it wasn't magic dog but um if i ever bring you mold wine i will know not to put an anise in it <laughs> is there anything else you want to talk about wands oh wands yeah i had something to say about that too um so like I don't know if we've addressed it before, but wands are an actual thing that witches use. Um, you don't have to use it. You can just like use your hands or whatever. Wands are used to direct energy and cast circles, um, call the four corners or whatever. And um, I was thinking when I was watching the movies, I was like, the Harry Potter wands are kind of used like real life ones because they are they're magic people right and they're directing their energy to cast spells yeah also the thing with harry potter though is that wands are required to make magic in the series um because even with the potions you have to have a wand to like complete the potion yeah that's true um i even used a harry potter branded wand like in the early days of my practice i i had hermione's wand <laughs> i have luna's and i love it very much and I really I don't... want degrees, but you know how I am about spending my money towards JKR. Yeah. You can buy a, a fan-made one. That's fair. I can do that. It'd probably be nicer anyway. I've actually been, I've been to Harry Potter World, and um, the one thing I will, really wish that I had gotten was the fucking robes. But they were so stupidly priced. 129. 129? Kaya has the Hufflepuff robes, by the way. Did it come with the tie? No. I didn't fucking think so. 
That's ridiculous. Is it? I have a head I, girl pin. I had a prefect badge. I lost it though because I was an idiot and I put it on the outside of my backpack without anything securing it. And I wore the backpack to high school. Pockets that go almost up to my elbow. That's amazing. On the inside, there is a wand pocket, which houses my wand. I just wish that the yellow color was a little bit brighter and less neutral. Yeah. I did, fun fact, wear this to a doctor's appointment once. <laughs> Why? It was Halloween. Oh, okay, okay. Fair. That's exactly, okay, so Andrew was like, why would you want the robe? And I'm like, okay, listen, as a cosplayer who also has decision paralysis all the time, do you know how nice that would be to have a robe for, like, Halloween when I don't have a costume to wear that I feel like wearing? Or on a convention day where I just want to be comfy but also still be in costume? Harry Potter robe, done. But the fact that it's $129 and you don't even get a tie with it, whack one of my new year's resolutions is to spend mo less money on things and more money on experiences i saw that and i'm doing okay so far is a dog allergy kit an experience well the things that i put i put an asterisk and i said the things that i buy need to have a purpose and a life in my home or my life and I feel like a dog allergy kit has a purpose and a life in your life because it's serving the purpose of finding what your dog is allergic to um I think it could also be determined to be a um experience because let me tell you I'm certain it will be quite the experience um swapping his mouth with a fucking <sighs> I yeah, that will be an experience. That that loops back to what we were talking about. Andrew was like, Well, you can just get the robes fan made. And I was like, Yeah, but it's not the same. And also like my one of my goals is to not buy things and like, yeah, that'll come in handy like a couple times a year, the robe will, but it's not a good investment. So the nice thing about the robe is that it's a robe. It's not like a dress. It uh, You can gain and lose weight and it's still going to look the goddamn same on you. Okay. Mm. That's the number one plus. The other one is this one at least is very well made. Um, I've had it for, I think this is going on seven years now. And there's literally no sign of any kind of wear and tear or any like deterioration. It is in incredibly good shape. The one, the one that I have is it's it was incredibly well made, and I think it was worth the hundred and thirty dollars that I paid for it. Because I mean, there's shit that I've paid hundred and thirty dollars for that is absolutely not worth it. Granted, I don't wear the damn thing very much, but it's very, very well made and it has held up very nicely through two moves and multiple Halloweens. It's just, it's good high end. If you're a Hufflepuff, 
I'd let you borrow mine, but you're not. No, I used to think I was a Hufflepuff. When the Pottermore test came out initially, I did get Hufflepuff. And this was back when it was a game site. Do you remember this? Yes. I remember. That fucking rocked, by the way. I loved that shit. I I was shocked to see that you were a Hufflepuff. I mean, not a Hufflepuff. Because I thought that you would be a Hufflepuff. So, like, here's the thing. I got Hufflepuff back when it was the game site. And then when they redid the site, I took it again. And I got Slytherin. I was like, really? So I took it a few more times on some throwaway emails. And I got Slytherin every single time. I took some unofficial ones as well. And they also all gave me Slytherin. And you know what? I vibe with that. I took... There is one that has all of the questions that the Pottermore one had. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that I took. Because Pottermore originally put me in Slytherin. And I was like... What? That's shocking to me. I was like, that's horseshit, first off. I found the one that has like all of the Pottermore questions on it. And that one has put me in Hufflepuff every single time. Mm. Even as I change with age, it continues to put me in Hufflepuff. Same. Same with Slytherin. Like, it only gave me Hufflepuff that one time. And then ever since then, every time I take it, um, I've gotten Slytherin. And also, side note, I used to be that bitch that would make people take their Sorting House quiz because... I'm just that way. I love little personality quizzes and I'm an astrology hoe. Like it totally tracks that I would make people take their Hogwarts house quiz. Um, even though like I would always know the answer beforehand. <laughs> um, most of my friends are Ravenclaws. <laughs> I don't think I have any Slytherin friends that I know of. I have a few. Did you take the Patronus test on Pottermore? Mm-hmm. What did you get? A St. Bernard, I think. I did too! But I think it would be something different now. At first I was really annoyed that I got a dog. But like, now when I think of the St. Bernard, like if I cast that spell and a St. Bernard came out, I'd be like, that's pretty fucking happy. I think it would be a different animal. Because your Patronus can change. Oh, Snape's changed. I wanted mine to be something really cool, like a bat or a shark or a bear. I don't know what mine would be. But I distinctly remember wanting a shark. I didn't even know if that was an option. Maybe like a ferret. That would be cool. So like back to the fact that you thought I would be a Hufflepuff, I think I'm like, if we're using astrology terms, I'm like a Slytherin sun and like a Hufflepuff rising. (laughs) Is that not accurate? <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I feel like I could definitely, I probably definitely come across as a Hufflepuff, but like, I don't think every Slytherin has to be like Debbie Downer or like a bitch. I don't know. Or stern, just very serious. I don't, I don't think a Slytherin has to be any of those things. I became very attached to my Hogwarts house over the years. And unfortunately, I I am just one of those millennials. Sorry. 
That's okay. I think technically I'm a zillennial, but whatever. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I don't think so. I think we went over everything. Sorry, like this was a little all over the place, but like I said at the beginning, like this is such a long series and there's just so much. I don't, it wasn't going to be a summary podcast or anything like that. We were just kind of going to shoot the shit. (laughs) Touch base on this, this, and this. And we said some educational things. Yeah. This is the last episode of this season. We did it. We did it. We did our first season of a podcast. And we'll be back again. We need to plan the second season. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our patron, Brenna. And if you want to shout out the podcast, you can get one for $2 a month. Um, You also get early access to the podcast as well as the video version of the podcast. You can see our pets. Yep. You got to see Delphine this episode. She was being an actual terror. For $7 a month, you get bonus exclusive content. And voting rights. And voting rights. Which would be super helpful during this in-between stage where we're planning the seasons. If you want to support us, but you don't really do that Patreon business, uh, we do have an anchor page where you can donate to us monthly without all the Patreon benefits. So that link will be in the show notes as well. If you have any suggestions, leave them in the comments. Yep, now's the time. Now is the time to give us your suggestions on YouTube, on social media. Because we don't have things planned. Nope, not yet. Make sure to follow us on social media at Movie Witch Pod and at Movie Witch Podcast. Make sure to share us with your friends. Turn on notifications for a podcast. Also, leave us a review, especially now that the season's over. And if you're one of those binge listeners and you just listen to all of our other episodes, please leave a review and let us know what you think. Bye, witches. <laughs> Bye, witches. Thank you.